I am reading from the Gospel of Mark. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such these trust, trust, trustly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. There are a lot of things I love about being the pastor of, of this church. Um, I, I love partnerships like, like Haiti Healthcare Partners and that we have a legacy of, of partnering with uh, organizations, starting organizations that have an impact here locally in, in our church and that, or locally in our community and then, and then throughout the world. I mean, Haiti Healthcare Partners works with, with kids too. And so in some ways, celebrating kids and kids ministry and having Haiti Healthcare Partners here on the same Sunday makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I love about our church that, that 10 or 12 of us got together yesterday with the youngest being six and the oldest being older than six. Um, uh, th- that we got together with, with people from every age and stage and, and had some fun um, helping a neighbor, clearing out a neighbor's backyard, partnering with Action Serve Day and a bunch of other churches in our community as well. And I love that this church has placed an emphasis on family and, and family meaning the broadest sense of family that you could think of um, from, from those who, who are surrogate grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and those who, who show up on Sunday to those who are here through the week, uh, that we focus on multiple generations. Every age and every stage is the phrase that, that I like to say. And, and, and I love sitting in my office throughout the week and being interrupted by, interrupted in the best way, by, by the laughter of kids on, on our yard. And the preschool is an important part of who we are as a church, always has been. And this morning, we get the opportunity to, to hear from some folks who, who built some of the, the legacy here, who have been a part of the church here with the preschool. And so I'm going to invite up Kathy and Shauna to come in and share. I'm going to ask them a couple questions. Um, you can cheer for them as they come on up. That'd be, that'd be great. You don't have to sit. Do you want to stand instead? I'm told, I'm told Kathy could just preach if we just wanted to let her preach for the, for the, for the whole service. So I'm going to ask a, a couple of questions. Would you rather sit next to each other? Are you sure? I could hold your hand. You, you um, Kathy, my, my first question, I sent, I sent them to you, so hopefully no surprises. Although I do have a surprise, but I didn't bring it. I left it in the office. Judy showed me a picture of your class. From 1973, oh, really? when you were a teacher, and I almost brought it to see if you could name any of the kids. Um, um, so, uh, just a question for both of you. What, what is, is one of your, your kind of first memories of, of the preschool? You can... Okay. Uh, well, as my husband said this morning, you're the oldest surviving teacher, you know. <laughs> so, it, it's a long time ago, mm. 49 years, but... I was trying to think of uh, something within the classroom, but really stands out was when during the planning stage, mm. because uh, this was a dream with the bosses uh, and our committee 
to have a preschool on this campus. And uh, so we, my committee visited every preschool in the area. And the last preschool we went to was, it, it was the Christian preschool on Hillcrest, and Helen Gatka was the director. And I remember her saying to me after we visited all the classrooms, and she said to me, now, if you don't think that your preschool is the best in the whole area when you finish, then you need to go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a gift yeah. for her to share that. And uh, I never, I <laughs> yeah. never forgot that. Yeah. So that was one of the, the big memories. And I have to say, too, uh, being the oldest surviving teacher, Judy was my aide and also used to babysit my children. So I am the oldest surviving <laughs> And Shauna, what about your first first memory from from the preschool first first So time? like uh, Judy mentioned, I did go to preschool here. Um, so I have a memory of when I went to preschool here, and one as well, um, kind of now later down the line. When I went to preschool here, the few things I remember, which I hope my students remember more than I do, like maybe remember me. I'm sorry, whoever my teacher was, I can't remember. <laughs> Judy, Judy was one of them, but I had a few. Um, one of them was eating Play-Doh is something I remember <laughs> very, very well. I remember that. And then um, my friend Jackie Tiabaldi, um, some of you might know that family. She had an accident um, where she had an accident in her pants out on the playground, and I helped her, and I was recognized as a good friend. And I just remember every, all the teachers coming up to me saying, like, wow, what a great friend of you. So those are my earlier memories. I wish I remembered more, but those are the ones that stood out to me. Um, I also was able to student teach here, and I was a student teacher for Lisa Frangos, and I remember the support and the guidance and the help she gave me, and now I'm able to teach with her and Luz um, in the TK classroom, and those are some of my memories so far, and there's a lot more to come. And how does it feel to be up here with, with your grandma? It's, it's amazing, and it's come full circle, and um, I love telling the story of that. And what about having your, your granddaughter teach here? Well, uh, it is amazing because, uh, well, she and I, I think, share a, a love of watching children learn. And I mean, we can just sit and I, we can watch young children and just watch how, how they learn. Mm-hmm. And to us, that's a gift. And, uh, and she gives that gift every day, I know. But I came to watch her during uh, when she was doing her student teaching here. And... Uh, she, I, I, she said, introduced me as her nana, and the kids are all looking, you know, well, who, who is this person? And I, and I wanted to tell them, you know, Miss Shauna went to this preschool, too, and her mother also went to this preschool, too, but I thought that would kind of blow their minds that they wouldn't understand it anyway, but uh, uh, it's been a long journey, and my uh, daughter went here as well as Shauna's sister. And Shauna, can you walk us through, for those of us that aren't teachers, that aren't here in the preschool throughout the week, what does a day look like? What, is the, what does the regular day look like? So um, we greet the children. They come in. They check their cubbies. We say hi to their families. Um, we always want the families to feel comfortable and let them know that we know, I mean, we know them. Um, they come in. They check their cubbies. We walk them to go wash their hands. Then they have their first circle time, and usually at circle time we'll read a story, we'll sing songs. Um, Sometimes in TK we'll do charts. Um, We do a little bit more in TK as far as academic. And and then from there we have 
um, I don't know if the right words is say free play, but we have different centers in our classroom, like a dramatic play center. We have, um, we like to call it an intentional table. So we'll, a teacher will often sit there with them and, you know, work with them on various different things. And we have trade toys um, for manipulatives. We have a sensory table. So that time is for them to kind of make their way around our classroom and choose what they would like to work on. Um, from there, we go, we sing a transitional song. That's how we usually get them all together, clean up. They make it back to circle time. We'll read another story. Um, and then from there, we go to snack time. From there, we clean up, sing usually another song, make our way back to the carpet, and we'll read another story. And um, in TK, I like to ask them questions about the story or ask their thoughts about the story or what we're talking about and kind of get what, what they absorb from um, our circle times, it's good to see like what they're taking in and what their minds are set on. Then from there we go outside and we have an hour of um, time outside where they can do whatever they would like on the playground. We come back in and we wrap it up. And that's our day. Brief, brief, brief. So I, I shouldn't ask you to sing the songs? The, the, the transition songs. Well, if you want to hear my voice on the microphone. <laughs> and, and Kathy, I'm curious, in your mind, as a church... You've seen it all, you know, as, as, as a church. Why is it important for us to have uh, a preschool in, in the community? Well, this preschool has, uh, is a gift to the community. And when we first started the preschool, our, our, what we wanted was a preschool open to all children, all faiths, and embracing diversity. And I think this school has always done that. And it, it, it is a special place, and we should be so proud of it because all the, all the gifts that we've received and the gifts that this community has received, all the generations that have gone through this school. And the, it was amazing to hear how many kids, have their parents went here. I didn't even realize it was that high. But that is amazing, and uh, we should be really proud of this school, and I'm very proud of it too. Um, and just, just so you all know, kind of the way in which the, the preschool functions, the way in which it runs our, our session, which is the governing body of our church, has a, a preschool board that, that oversees the preschool, elders from the church. And so it really is a ministry of the church. And then in addition, the preschool has a parent board, a parent advisory board, and kind of together those two, two boards work with, with Judy to, to make education happen. And, and our goal as a, as a church is to help families thrive, as, as Kathy said, whatever their background might be. And, and the preschool is an important part of that, as is our, our Sunday school and midweek children's program. Thank you. Thank you both so much for, for sharing. And you, you did wonderful. Um, yeah, let's give them a hand. So, so we've thanked teachers. We've, we've thanked um, we thank those who invest in, in kids' lives. I, I, think, I think it's important to thank parents. You know, thank parents for the hard work that it is to, to raise kids. And a, a part of creating thriving families is being a support system for, for parents and for grandparents and for, for those who are guardians, for those who invest in, in kids' lives. And so, you know, j just an invite, and, and Judy is probably going to yell at me later, and Julie maybe as well, that, that you adults yell at me. They won't yell at me. Um, adults that, that raise kids that, that need help, come and talk with us. That, that's why we're here. 
That, that, that's why we're here. That's why Judy's office is here. It's why Julie's office is here. It's why, why I'm here. And it's because we believe that God loves our kids, your kids, uh, enough that, that we want to invest in them. And so whether you're a mom or a dad, a grandparent, um, we, want, we want to support you. We want to help you. And uh, lots of different ways of doing that. Dads, um, Kevin, Kevin, can you raise your hand? Kevin was here. Kevin Robertson and I, JR's son, um, probably walked out to be with his daughter, to be honest, are going to be starting a, a young guys group for dads. So if you're interested in that, you can, you can talk to me. Um, and, and moms are going to be getting something going as well. And so we, we want to thank parents. We want to support parents. We want to invest uh, in, in you as well as your, your children. I, I mentioned last week that growing up, I was one of those kids in middle school. I, I, I told the story of how I sat in the back of the bus on my East Coast trip, and I was the kid who was throwing throwing paper um, at, at the people who are sitting in front of us. But, but that didn't start in middle school. I, I was that kid much earlier, uh, much, much earlier. I was that kid in, in elementary school. I can tell you stories from, from elementary school uh, as well. But, but one of the stories I, I like to share about growing up in the church, there's, there's two fond memories I have about growing up in the church and why I believe it's important to have kids in our church. And, uh, my, my fondest memory from, from Sundays in, in church was, was we would be up in the balcony, a, a bunch of, of kids and, and myself, we would, we would sneak up to the balcony around the second floor of, of the church, looking down on the courtyard where all the adults were gathering, and we would throw um, paper, or paper, we would throw powdered coffee creamer on the adults below us. It's important to have kids doing that. And it's important for us adults not to be yelling at the kids who are, who are doing that. We want them to be a part of our community. The other memory I have from, from uh, growing up in the church was going to summer camp. Going to summer camp, my parents sent me with a bag full of clean clothes, suitcase full of clean clothes, including a, a purple s- swim trunks, a sw- set of purple t- swim trunks. And I came home with clean clothes, except my purple swim trunks were brown because I wore them every single day. It, it, it is important to invest in, in kids' lives for a lot, a lot of reason. I'm sure most of us can remember mentors, coaches, teachers, Sunday school teachers, preschool teachers, uh, and the ways that they invested in our lives. Uh, in the passage that, from Mark that, that Tripp read so well earlier, um, we're reminded of why it's important to invest in the lives of kids. Jesus did this thing usually where, where he, he would do something significant where maybe he, he was preaching a big sermon or, or maybe he had performed a healing uh, or maybe he had had a conversation with the religious leaders of this day where, where there would be something big that happened and then he'd, he'd take some time and he'd walk away. And he'd walk away either to be alone or he'd walk away with his disciples to kind of unpack some of what, what had just, just happened. Um, it was usually just the disciples that were there for these conversations, but sometimes it was a, a small group of others that would kind of gather around and listen in, trying to kind of get the, the insider's voice on what, what they had just heard. And so what happens right before Jesus invites the kids to come to him is they're sitting down and Jesus is unpacking with his disciples something that he had just taught to the Pharisees, a conversation that he had just had with the Pharisees. And, and as they're, they're talking, people are trying to break through that inner circle. They're trying to break through that inner circle and, and bring children toward Jesus. They're trying to bring them to, just to, to be with Jesus. 
And the disciples, they give the same sort of response that I give my kids whenever they try to climb in my lap when I'm doing something important or when I think I'm doing something important. Hey, not now. What are you doing? There's a time and a place for it, and that time and place isn't right now. His response, Jesus' response, is a lesson for all of us, for parents, teachers, for people who have kids who live in their neighborhood, and especially for the church. Jesus says the, the children belong here. Don't push them away. Unless you can accept the kingdom of God in the way that, that Jesus accepted, the, or the way that the kids accept the, the kingdom of God, you're, you're missing the entire point. We need kids. We need their energy. We need their disruption. We need their inquisitive minds who ask why questions over and over and over again. We need to welcome them all. Kids, one of my, my pet peeves, and you hear this often in the church, especially if you work with kids in the churches, kids are the future of the church. And the reality is we need the kids today in the church. We, we need the kids in our, our communities because we learn from our children. They tell us things about God's kingdom that, that we can learn no other way than from the mouth of a child. My son, Thomas, um, turns four tomorrow. He's sitting with his preschool teacher over there. Turns four tomorrow. And, and I can honestly say over the last six months, he, he's made me think. He's challenged me in ways uh, that I, I couldn't be challenged by podcasts, by sermons, by theology books, by any of those ways. He's challenged me in ways that are, are unique to a child. He's asked some really difficult questions. His allergies have been acting up a lot lately, like, like many of us, because of the, the allergy season that we're having. And so he woke up one night and needed a Kleenex. And, and I went to him and he just said, Dad, why do I need so much Kleenex? Why do I need so much Kleenex? And I thought about it. And I said, well, bud, it's because of the stuff in the air. And he says, you mean like airplanes? I mean, that, that's a conversation. That's a conversation to be had, not at Midnight, but that's a, that's a conversation to be had. Uh, the other day, he was driving in the car with my wife. He was driving. He was sitting in the car while my wife was driving, and not not quite ready for him to be be driving yet. And, and, and he says to Haley, "Mom, how does God make the trees? How do you explain that to a four-year-old? How does God make the trees? Those are important questions." Last month. Haley sent me a text, and she said, "You're never going to believe the, the questions that Thomas is asking right now." He, he, he asked how God gets into our hearts. And, and then he said, how does he fit into everybody's heart? It's a practical question. It's, it's a good, good question. The reality is, God is in the hearts of our kids. And we need them to be asking us those questions, to be challenging us, to be pushing them. And we have the privilege, adults, have the privilege of helping kids to discover that truth that God is in their hearts. Our kids can teach us so much, not just when they grow up, but also today. That is why we're, we're, we're celebrating kids and those of you who invest in kids today. But more importantly, that's why we have everything that we have around children in this church. So my hope for us as a church, just quickly, is that we can commit to learn from them, 
that we can commit to continue to raise them together because it takes an entire community. Teaching, coaching, mentoring, and everything in between. And let's celebrate what God is doing in their lives now and today. Let's pray. Gracious God, we we thank you for the opportunity to be in community together. We're grateful for every person of every age and stage who are here this morning and every person in the community of every age and stage. And God, we ask that you'd continue to move in and through this church in our community. We pray these things in your name. Amen.